Y dos. Y dos. Una. Y dos. Y dos. Hello, hello, and welcome to Cortez NYC Livestream Podcast. This is a bi-weekly show broadcasting out of New York. It is hosted by myself, Cortez NYC, and... Carla de Puerto Rico. And this is a podcast where we share our views about art, creativity, and city life from a Latino perspective. And this is episode three, Organized. In this episode, we will be discussing how to stay organized and productive in uh, your daily life as an artist. Also, in our hashtag culture talk, we're going to be talking about Latinos in sci-fi, either TV shows or movies. And as always, at the end, we're going to be hablando español. We're going to teach you some words um, in Spanish so you can practice them and just impress everybody. All right, so let's get started. Let's get started with art life. How do you stay productive? That's a common question that I've gotten Um, how do you stay active? How do you stay organized? How do you keep yourself focused? Um, especially if you're working a day job and then you're doing something at night, whether you're podcasting or you're live streaming or you make, I don't know, illustrations or you play music or you have some other activity. Maybe you, you paint on canvas. Yeah. How do you keep all these things organized and going? on a calendar, you know, so that you don't let the days pass without producing anything. Um, I think it's a difficult task, but it's not impossible. For me, one, one of the big things that I do is I try to take notes along the way. Um, try to, whether it's in my phone, you know, just in a little, writing little notes to myself or actually carrying a notepad, I try to spend some part of the day thinking as we as artists always do daydreaming about what are we going to work on next i start to spend that time thinking and saying let me actually write these things down let me not just daydream mm -hmm. so i'll take down notes uh some things are just passing thoughts other things are actually constructive projects and i the, the trick is you take the notes but the trick is review your notes that means on the on the train ride home review your notes. Uh, when you get home, just give yourself a little 15 minutes or whatever it is. Just kind of look over what you wrote mm -hmm. because it's going to look different to you at night than what it did in the daytime. In the morning, you're full of inspiration. You know, people are dragging you to do whatever you do in your day job and then you're being pulled away from your ideas so you want to write them down, right? And you're like, I don't want to forget this. And then when you get home at night, you're like, oh, I'm free. I don't want to <laughs> think about it. But that's when you have to push yourself and you have to stay That's the organizational side. You got to stay organized and say, well, if I wrote these notes, I should follow through with them and kind of look at what I wrote. Um, you don't have to force yourself to commit to the notes. Some of the right. ideas might be bad ideas, but, but you should at least try to follow up. Um, so I don't know, note taking, does it work for you? Um, yeah, sometimes, but I think that I'm not. <laughs> Already. I'm, <laughs> Already we're not convinced. <laughs> yeah, I'm not really that organized. I wish I was... I was a little bit more organized in the sense of, yeah, taking notes and keeping myself like creative and open to just write down ideas. Sometimes I just think about things, but I just leave it like that. Like I don't, I don't follow up. All right. Another, another way that I've found to stay creative and productive is if you see something that you like or you are out on your lunch break or whatever and you're 
surfing, you know, Instagram or you're, you're looking at websites and you see something you like, take a screenshot, grab a photo. Um, if you're walking around the park, you see something that you like or you go to a store, you see something you like that sparks some sort of creativity in you and inspires you. Take a picture, save it and then review those photos. Uh, sometimes people think notes mean just writing down stuff, but notes can also be photos. They can be little screenshots of things that, that inspire you. That's true. Um, another thing that I like to do is, and some people like doing this, is just dig around websites or whether it's Instagram or Pinterest or Facebook, but that Facebook doesn't help that much because nowadays it's just full of drama. But <laughs> um, if you look on, let's say on Instagram or Twitter, and you look look up every once in a while, look a hashtag, something that you're interested in. Um, let's say if you are an artist and you're into Japanese art and a specific time period, then maybe look look into Instagram and look at the hashtag for Japanese art or if it's a specific time period, 19th century Japanese art. Just look at that hashtag and see what is being posted under that hashtag. And because it's such a live um, medium, the, mm -hmm. the Instagram, let's say, for example, is a, a very live medium. People are constantly posting and updating. You're going to see new ideas coming up, and those new ideas will spark creativity in you, obviously. It's going to spark ideas for you. Um, and you can even connect with those people and then maybe maintain uh, productivity going on. That, that also, sharing yeah. Sharing yeah. each other's let's, work. Let's say, if you're into, uh, let's say if you're into sketching donuts, <laughs> you <probably laughs> like, and you look up hashtag donut art, you know, or art, you know, donut sketches. You might find somebody that's doing this and it might spark your creativity and be like, oh, wow, I, other people are doing this thing that I like to yeah. do. I think for me, Instagram works um, for recipes, for recipes and food. Um, I've, I've gotten more into the kitchen and trying to create different stuff because I get a little bit bored of eating the same thing over and over again. Yeah. So uh, on, on Instagram, you do get, depending who you're following, obviously, but you do get different inspiration for that. For that, Also makeup, and uh, getting into makeup, Instagram also helps a lot, and YouTube a lot too. And also, uh, because I sing, looking into, into people's page um, when they're posting videos of them singing, or maybe doing a cover uh, that's very very nice yeah on instagram oh, okay because gotcha. you that you get like the little little videos of one minute and then you can follow them on the youtube or anything like that so that that also helps you to see maybe okay they're singing this song maybe i can try it right mm -hmm. okay um all right so that's so far that's all good on the subject of trying to find inspiration right mm -hmm. so now let's say if you found a lot of inspiration and you're that artist and you have i know a lot of artists like this i have a lot of artist friends let's say you have a an entire shelf filled with papers and notes and notes and you got notebooks filled with notes and notes and notes and notes <laughs> and you have uh your your phone is filled with photos and photos and photos that you've collected <laughs> so what do you do with all this stuff now how, so how do you stay organized right mm -hmm. so uh, some of my tips on staying organized would be set short-term goals and long-term goals. Um, take, take some of these notes and things and set them up into, into projects that you can do on the short-term and pick maybe two. Don't, don't go into like, yeah, I'm going to do four projects at once. Uh, mm -hmm. Try to keep it like, let's say, one or two projects that you can do now. Things that you could actually do, if I asked you to do it right now, you could actually start doing it right now. 
So you want to set up those two things. You want to you identify what are those two projects that you can actually work on right now. Then the other projects, you set them up in like, well, this I can do in a month. This I could do in two months. And you start setting up all that reference and all that research and all that writing that you've done. And you, and you put them in a folder or put them in a, you know, whatever it is that you got to put them in. Or if, even if, if it's on your computer, put them in a folder on your computer and set them up and, and you know, call them whatever they might be. Na name them whatever they are. But, but categorize them in subcategories like this folder is for my short-term projects and this is for my long-term projects. That kind of helps you to conquer that feeling of being overwhelmed by, by your creativity. Um, a lot of us are so creative that we got so many ideas, we want to do everything, and we end up doing nothing. So yeah. that's important. Um, I and think, then also, I yeah, guess, um, well, like you're saying, distribute your time, let's say, during the year. Because sometimes, like you said, we have different stuff going on. Maybe in this specific time of the year, you're going to be, um, you are going to have more time to do your your project so maybe think about okay that time where i'm gonna have these days off i'm gonna be focused on completing these tasks and uh, the, the, the things that i have to do by that time True. and maybe that way you will not feel like oh my god i have all these ideas and i'm doing nothing but you are actually setting up the time to do them and complete them correctly that's true another So another stage would be you have first all your inspirations, you have all your notes, all your photos. Then you're very organized. You have all your folders and categories, and you're like, this is my short-term projects, this is my long-term projects. And like how you just said, the next thing is scheduling them, right? Mm -hmm. Looking ahead into your calendar and saying, when is my next big vacation break? When is my next big extended weekend? You know, And looking forward to planning ahead to use those free days to do that project and that might mean you have to sacrifice that weekend away at the beach or something you know you might have to sacrifice that weekend doing something that normally would just pop up and, and your friends would be like hey let's go do this fun thing <laughs> and then you if you really are serious about being an artist you would have to be organized and productive and say well i have plans that weekend mm -hmm. you don't have to explain yourself you don't have to say hey i have plans that weekend i'm going to stay in and draw or I'm going to stay in and work on the computer because that sounds really boring and makes you sound like a monster. But you should be able to say, I have plans that weekend. And that should be enough for you to acknowledge them as serious plans. And, uh, and that, that'll get you productive. That'll give you those days that you need, that free time that you need to maybe get up in the morning on a completely free day, have that cup of coffee you know, get that comf comfort food going, whatever it is, mm -hmm. pizza or whatever, and like just sit down and curl up and just really, you know, get that work going, whether it's on a laptop or, or drawing or painting, you know, um, a full day of work on a free day that you've planned and given yourself, that is like the best feeling. Um, and I'm sure that at the end of the day, you know, you're going to feel satisfied because you gave yourself a full day instead of just squeezing in two hours at night or three hours at night. Um, but the only way to get those days is to plan ahead. You got to yeah. sacrifice those weekends, you know. And also to have the motivation to wake up and do the work because sometimes working at home, it can be tough. Mm -hmm. You just want to lay down. You just want to... Netflix. <laughs> Netflix and chill <laughs> and yeah. take a nap every, every five minutes. But um, that's also 
another another thing that you have to think about you really have to be motivated to do whatever you you want to do so really look forward to that day and and when you have it take advantage of it just maybe think about the other days where you at work thinking about all this stuff but you are stuck at work so you can you cannot do it so then maybe this day that you finally it happened have the motivation wake up and just do it all right so we got you inspired we got you collecting reference and collecting notes then we got you productive you're setting your day right you're planning ahead and setting your calendar and you're productive you gave yourself a weekend let's say uh -huh. so now we got you up to the weekend and it's free and you're painting and you're drawing and you're doing whatever you're doing writing whatever it is that you do and then comes the next part of this staying productive which is and staying organized which is um i would i would call it accepting defeat hmm. um every weekend every little weekend is not a war it's just a small battle in a bigger war You're not going to win that weekend. You're not going to complete the entire thing that you wanted to do. It's just impossible. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Unless if it was like a, a, a something that takes one hour. Mm -hmm. But if it's a, a legitimate project that takes time and, and art and craft takes time, you're not going to complete it. So you have to have that ability to know that at the end of the day, you have to be okay with not but possibly not completing the task that you gave yourself to do. And you have to have a certain amount of expectations because art is an emotional thing, right? You should be connected to your art, unless if you're talking about mowing the lawn or something <laughs> like that, that, that mm -hmm. takes no heart, right? Mm -hmm. But if you're making some sort of art project, you have to be able to accept that feeling at the end of the day when you say, man, I didn't get it done. Yeah. But, but... You got to give yourself that silver lining. You got to give yourself that good ending, right? Like, I didn't get it done, but I got this much done, and I opened the, the door for the next stage of that project. That's the, I think that's difficult, and more now with social media, because everything is so instant and so fast, and everything is happening so fast, and everybody is, do, in air quotes, doing stuff. Right. But not really maybe they were working on that thing that you just saw maybe a year ago maybe they started a year ago and they finished yesterday or maybe they started two years ago and they finished yesterday as well and then they they posted um so i think with social media it's so hard maybe to to think this way that okay don't worry you did a part of it and you're gonna get it done um because we want to share everything and we want everybody And we want everybody to notice us. To, to, we want everybody to know what we're doing, to know that we are creative. So maybe just take your time. Maybe you can share the process of it. But just, yeah, take your time to realize that at the end of the day, everything is going gonna, is gonna to be completed. All right. Um, so how much, how much should you expect to... I guess your expectations, right? How much should you as a person, as an individual, how much should you expect to be completed that day that you gave yourself? Mm -hmm. That's something that only you can say. Unless if you're doing work for, for somebody else. But if you're doing work for, your, for yourself, it's a personal project, you need to set that goal and you need to set some sort of um, 
I don't know, I call it like a first prize, second prize. Like accept a second prize. The second prize is, yeah. well, I got this much done. As mm-hmm. long as I get this much done, then that's good enough. Yeah. Um, that second prize, I try to, for myself, what I've done in the past is I've tried to make it the sweetest prize. I try to reframe it in my brain. And I, and this, I think this is the first time I'm actually vocalizing this. But I try to put it in, in my mind like this. The first prize, the first place prize is that I'm done, right? And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm free and I'm done. But that's not as sweet as the second prize. And I try to make the second prize sweeter. The idea that I'm almost done. I enjoyed what I did. Mm-hmm. And I still have more to do. I can still enjoy it more. I can look forward to doing one more day of it, whatever that day might come. Or maybe two more hours of it and I'm done. And I'll do it during the week or I'll do it on my next break or whatever. And just setting that mind frame that almost done is better than done has helped me get through a lot of hurdles Hmm. where almost done leaves me with that energy to look back and say, oh, yeah, that little thing that I just have to do. And and that is more exciting than being done for me. And uh, obviously, if I'm done, I mean, it's great because I can move on. But (laughs) but I you have to kind of trick yourself into thinking that almost done is is better so that. So that you have something to look forward to. Um, if you have your whole blueprint laid out, right? You have a majority of the project done. You have your schedule laid out. You have mm-hmm. all your notes and everything. Then you don't have to do any of that work. All you have to do is show up and perform. Show up and be the artist that you are. That's the best feeling. That's why I, that almost done feeling is actually something that I enjoy a lot. <laughs> um, when, I, when I'm almost done, what I try to do is I try to leave the work at a place that teases me to go back. If I'm drawing a character, I'll try to leave part of the face that I really want to see done, I leave it I leave it open. You know what I mean? I don't finish that part. If I'm painting, I, I try to leave that that section that keeps me wanting to see it finished, I leave that section blank. That's I, a good tip. <laughs> so, so that way I know that it's teasing me to go back and want to finish it. Yeah. Um, is it. Is this 100% fail-proof? No. There's times where, you know... I end up frustrated, of course, like everybody else, you end up frustrated and you're like, oh, what happened? I didn't finish. <laughs> but I think it's a good technique to keep yourself motivated. I mean, that's the concept. The theme right now is how to stay motivated, how to stay productive, how to stay organized. Yeah. Um, if I'm doing a painting, I'll leave my brushes where they are. I'll leave my colors where they are. I'll, I'll try to leave a little bit of a mess on the table so that it teases me to go back and say, Either I'm going to clear that table or I'm going to go finish it and clear the table. But I got to do something with that table because it's a mess right now. Mm -hmm. And that helps me to go back. If I'm working on a piece of music, I'll lay down some basic bass line or guitar or something. I won't finish it. I'll just kind of do enough to tease me, give me a little bit of the rhythm. And I'll be like, oh, that's interesting. I like that drum beat and I like the way that that sounds. Enough that if I open that file up in a week it sounds fresh to me it sounds new to me i'm like wow that's that's really exciting and that's i guess the next part of this that i'm gonna that this conversation that yeah. i'm gonna say is um allowing time is not a bad thing too much time is just procrastination mm-hmm. but allowing a little break between working on a project is a good thing and it, and especially if you allow yourself to get distracted by a, another project you know, for a short period of time. So two, project at a t- two projects at a time are a good, that's a good piece of advice. Try to work on two things at a time. 
That way you don't get so focused on one, you can always work on that one to a certain point mm-hmm. and then switch over to the other one and give yourself like a one day, two day break and just work on something else mm-hmm. and move that one along a little bit. When you go back to the original original project, you're not gonna see the mistakes. You're gonna see new things that you didn't see before. Um, yeah, it, it helps you to step away from it and then when you go back look at it with different eyes and maybe have even a little bit of inspiration from that other project that that you were working on yeah um the other thing about going back to a project and seeing things with fresh eyes is you have to be comfortable and and this is something that is every artist has their own way of seeing their art but you do have to be comfortable with mistakes you're not perfect you're not a machine so when you go back to the to that piece maybe there was that if you were sketching maybe there was that eyeball that was out of place or that arm that looked a little weird in the in the figure that you were drawing yeah. you have to be comfortable with some mistakes some some things are, are not perfect um if you're going to go back to just critique it <laughs> then you're a monster <laughs> then you're an animal to yourself because why would you want to do that you know what i mean like it's not even finished and you're critiquing it yeah You know what I mean? When you go back to your piece of art or your project, when you go back to this project, don't critique it. Go back to finish it. That's something you have to keep in mind. Mistakes are okay. You know when you should you should critique your project when you're done. When it's 100% done and then you 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 either sent it out to whoever it goes to or or uploaded it or filed it away or put your painting on your wall, whatever it is that you do with the piece of art that you did. Mm-hmm after it's done and, and it's gone then critique it don't critique it while you're still working on it you will destroy the work that you've the progress that you already did yeah um so you have to be comfortable with mistakes when you see it there's going to be mistakes it's okay just keep finishing it keep working to finish it um i guarantee you if you do one two three four five six seven eight nine projects eventually you will start to lower the the ratio of mistakes to actual great pieces. You know what I mean? You're going to lower that ratio of mistakeism <laughs> of error. Um and you're going to actually get better, you know? But you're yeah, never going to get better if you don't finish these pieces. Yeah. You're the more the better. more you do it, the more you practice, the more you're experimenting, the better you get into whatever you're doing. Yeah. And then I I guess we'll conclude this with the last portion which I'm thinking is on the subject of critique. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you ask any artist, they'll say you're your own worst critic, right? Everybody knows that you are your own worst critic. Whether you're designing a website or you're a photographer taking photos, you are going to be your worst critic. Don't bother being that. Let other there, especially now in social media, there's critics <laughs> everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's critics everywhere. You do not need to be another critic adding to the pile to yourself. Yeah, that's so tough because you want to present yourself as something perfect or as something almost without mistakes. And it's it's tough to to present yourself as who you are, the the way you think about your work and the way you work is is difficult and then to get everybody else to comment and criticize it and on top of that you are going to do it yourself. Yeah. It's not. So Being your own worst critic is a problem. It, it it defeats all the organization, everything we just talked about. It being your own worst critic 
Think about it this way. That side of you is going to destroy all the reference that we did, all the months of taking photos and taking notes. Are you really going to let this last minute Jack come in and tell you, hey, this is this looks horrible. Hey, why'd you do the colors like that? Or why'd you do the line? You know, like, why are you going to let that destroy all the work that you did? Um, as an artist, that's unproductive. So that's my last piece of advice is don't don't criticize your own work. Avoid it. You can look at it and say, what did I do wrong? And maybe kind of think for the next time, I'll try this. The next time, I'm going to take notes and say, don't do this, do that. And that's where your notes come into play. You can always go back to your notes and, and remind yourself in your notes, don't forget, don't do this, or try this next time, or let's try this next time. Always say, let's try this next time. Don't say, that looks horrible, I hate it. Because if you do that, you defeated all the work you just did. Um, staying productive and organized is really difficult in modern day life with it is. the internet and, and online, you know, social media and everything. It's very difficult. Don't add to it. Um, that's, I think that's pretty much all my advice. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for all those advices. <laughs> <laughs> that all was right. awesome. All right. So uh, if you like what we were talking about, hashtag art life. Follow us, Cortez NYC live stream, and comment. And if you are an artist out there, you're working on a project, um, don't ask me really to review your work because it's just, that's what I just told you not to do. <laughs> <laughs> don't ask for an art critic. Uh, but if you want to share something you're working on and you want me to just know about it, or you want me to, or, you're, or you just want to say, hey, you know what? I agreed 100% with what you're saying. Or maybe you have some advice for the, for the yeah. listeners, uh, how to stay productive, how to stay organized. You know, throw it at me. I, I'm always open. I have, I have my, my ears are wide open for any new information. That's what we're in right now is the age of information. So hashtag Cortez NYC live stream. All right, guys. So now until our second section culture talk all right so for this section culture talk we are going to be talking about latinos and latino actors and latino characters in sci-fi this is a subject that i've had different conversations with people about over the years um it's a complicated conversation because and that's why i want to introduce it here onto the podcast. Um, there are Latino actors working in the movies. Let's start with that. Yes, there are a lot of Latino actors in, movies. in the movies mm -hmm. and then specifically sci-fi, but mostly other genres, crime, drama, well, uh -huh, yeah. all kinds of stuff. Okay. But then within the genre, the genre of sci-fi, science fiction, there are Latinos now more after the year 2000, we've seen more of it than than previously. Mhm. Mm Um, and I'm just speaking in modern times. I can I have a whole long list here of Latino actors in, in big, pretty big um, movies. Yeah. I don't know if they all have big roles, but they they all they're in movies. They're in big movies. Um, it's easy to identify Latino actors in movies. It's harder to find Latino characters in sci-fi. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. the harder thing to find. So 
I think we'll just start it off. I'll just go through a list. Um, usually this is Carla's category, but I think this one I, I have a little yeah, more because, knowledge. Yeah, because I I really am not into sci-fi. And the only... That might be part of the problem, Carla. I know. And the only show that I've seen is... Um, like, that is Battlestar Galactica. And then maybe movies like Avatar and stuff like that. But I, I'm not, like, really into, into it. But Cortez is, so... All right, so let's start with the two that you just mentioned so let's talk about latino actors in sci-fi first mm -hmm. so go ahead the two that you mentioned was yeah so battlestar galactica where we have the captain adama which who what's his name the actor's name james edward almost almost yeah um so in the in the tv show he was um the captain of the crew and he was a very important um character in the tv show but he wasn't really like latino like that i think the name was kind of spanish or latino sounding but then his whole family they all looked white <laughs> so it wasn't really like they were portraying no, la they, latinos and or the latino he, experience and that's why he's in our first category of yeah just latino actors in sci-fi mm -hmm. not necessarily playing latino playing characters latino character. so in avatar who was the actress zoe saldana and then you also have michelle rodriguez Oh, that's right. She was like the the one that was going into Avatar. And Correct. then Zoe was an Avatar. So Zoe Saldana and Michelle Rodriguez for an Avatar. Yeah. Then let's keep going. I mean, I don't know if Michelle Rodriguez spoke very at any Spanish at all in that movie. I don't know if she even no. made a reference to an accent. No, at all. No, she was just <laughs> part of the army or something. She was a tough, tough girl. Yeah. Okay. So then continuing, let's go. I got here. I got Jessica Alba uh -huh. in Fantastic, Fantastic Four. Four. Mm -hmm. definitely not playing any kind of latino no, touch in there no gina torres and firefly gina torres and firefly and serenity uh she's very attractive she has the curly hair she has the afro latina look but i don't think that she played anything really latina Latin like that at all um then you have benicio del toro in Guardians of the Galaxy as the collector. Mm. Benicio del Toro is a great actor. He's Puerto Rican, right? Is he Puerto Rican? I think he has he has something Puerto Rican, but uh -huh. okay, and <laughs> and he plays a character, but he's not necessarily a Spanish character. Yeah. Uh, then you have Jimmy Smith in Star Wars playing Senator Organa, which is Princess Leia's father. Uh huh. I don't know how Jimmy Smith, <laughs> <laughs> and then you got Princess Leia, uh -huh. the daughter. I, and and uh huh. But I no no. But the, the the truth is he's not the father. He's he's the guy who adopted them. Spoilers. Yeah, spoilers for that. <laughs> right, anyway, um, then in Star Wars, continuing Star Wars, and these are two that are a little inspiring because when I saw them in the movies, I was like, this is pretty good for sci-fi. Mm -hmm. This is a, a a step in the right direction because these actors look the part. They look like Latino actors, and they're playing cool roles, and they're yeah. and they're playing roles that make me as a latino man be like well okay these guys are representing something good a, a good characteristic yeah you know and they're also they still have a little bit of, a, of an edge to them they're not like perfectly you know they're not the blonde hair blue-eyed heroes you no, know what no, i mean no. they're, they they're heroes like, but in their own way uh -huh. um, so we have oscar isaac mm -hmm. in star wars the force awakens and, and yeah. in the last jedi i i didn't know i had to really look into his wikipedia to find out how What's his Latino background and what is it? Uh huh. But he does. He's but in the movie, I think he kept the accent going. Like if you. Oscar Isaac. Yeah. Wasn't him? No, I think you're thinking of Diego Luna. That's my next one. Oh, okay. Well, uh huh. Diego Luna is what was in Rogue One. 
So yeah. Diego Luna, yes. Diego Luna, there's no denying his accent. He kept the accent going. And I think that was... If it wasn't for Oscar Isaac, I don't know if Diego Luna could follow up that way. I, I don't know if they I don't know when they filmed these movies, but it felt like first we got Oscar Isaac and then we got Diego Luna with the accent in space. And mm-hmm. I was like, wow, yeah. finally I got an actual, you know, they don't explain why he has that accent. No, but it. But it, then again, but listen, if you think about the story, it might make sense. Like they're not specific, specifically telling you where they came from, but they're already in space. Well, so what well, I was going to say, it doesn't matter because. In all of Star Wars universe, everybody has Earth accents. Mm. Everybody has a country accent, a Midwestern accent, a big city accent. Sometimes they try to give them like some sort of like a Jamaican-y, kind of like Caribbean-y accent. Sometimes they try to get like they, they, they have like a little like an Asian-y accent. Like they, they play with ethnicity in Star Wars. There should be no problem with this guy having a Spanish accent out of the blue. You know what yeah. I mean? Whatever. Yeah. Um, but I think those are those are actually what what I liked about those characters too is that they were fighting, like they were part of like um, the rebellion, the yeah. rebellion, yeah. and they were rebels. So that was really cool too. Yeah. All right. So those are some of the characters, some of the actors, Latino actors in sci-fi, that at least, especially with Diego Luna, are inspiring in a way. Now we'll get into the Latino characters mm-hmm. in sci-fi. Yeah. The first time that I saw, and I'm a bit older than you and maybe a little bit older than the listeners as well, but the first time I noticed a Latino character in sci-fi, and maybe somebody out there wants to do some really nerdy searching and find other <laughs> ones, but I don't, I don't remember really that many. So the first one that I noticed that I was like, wow, there's a Latino character in sci-fi was... The character of Vasquez in Aliens, right? Mm. Uh, Aliens, the sequel. So the first one was Alien, and then the second one was Aliens. And in that movie, there was a tough Marine who was like the butchy, you know, Latina Marine. And her character was Vasquez. And then I remember whenever I talk about Latinos in sci-fi, people point to her as like, well, you... What do you mean there's no Latinos in sci-fi? Look, you got <laughs> Vasquez. She's the only one. <laughs> and, she, and I was like, yeah, but... Uh, and I would always like, kind of like, there was something weird about it. Mm-hmm. Turns out she's not even Latina. Uh. The actress was like a, a white actress, an Amer- a white American actress. Trying to... They, they covered her freckles with makeup. They gave her brown contacts. Wow. They shaved her hair down. She put on the, the, the typical, you know... Chicano or Rican accent, mm-hmm. you know, tough, tough Latina accent. <laughs> That's crazy. And totally played it off and convinced everybody that there was Latino, a Latino character in sci-fi. And to this day, it's a little weird. Why didn't they give that role yeah. to a Latina actress? Actually, now thinking about that, is there's Rosie in uh, The Walking Dead. She's Latina. Rosie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then I that's, mean, that's they, horror. That's not really sci-fi, but... But it's kind of the, Latinos. So, so this is the thing. The reason we're talking about this subject. Latinos are not so associated with technology and no, the future. No, not at all. So, yes, we are associated with horror and blood and machetes and killing. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's not shocking to see a Latino in a horror movie. Latinos in sci-fi, you can count. That's why the list is going on. Yeah. Because you can count them <laughs> with your fingers. How many Latino characters yeah. are in sci- science fiction? Yeah. 
Latinos are known mostly, they're associated with crime, dramas, romantic movies, sure. uh, horror movies, uh, westerns, old westerns, anything anything that has to do with the past, oh, we're all in there, the Latinos. And we're always the bad guys, Maybe but the Latinos so. are all in there, yeah, we're the, in the old west, you know. But science fiction is something that is limited to Latinos, and that's why I'm trying to make this list out here and get that information out there. And I want you guys to give me <laughs> feedback and tell me what do you guys think about this, uh, listening to this. So anyway, so yeah, that was the first character I noticed was uh, Vasquez in Aliens, and it wasn't actually a Latina actress, but it was a Latino char a Latina character, and that was good. It was a, a step in the right direction. And mm -hmm. I think after her, Michelle Rodriguez wouldn't have a career if it wasn't for that kind of character on screen because... Mm. That's what Michelle Rodriguez portrayed later in life. Yeah. You know, after the years when she came onto the scene, she portrayed that tough Latina character. Yeah. Um, all right. So the next one that caught my attention back in the day was Spy Kids. Mm -hmm. Spy Kids really caught my attention because it was the first time that I saw an entire family of, uh -huh. of Latinos. Latinos. Carmen and Junie and Antonio Banderas was the actor and Ricardo Montalban was the grandpa. Yeah. And, and it was sci-fi and it was fun. Yeah, and it was just fun. silly, fun, lighthearted. That was inspiring. It was it was a silly little movie for kids, but it was inspiring. It was actually motivating. And I, I even got as far as to uh, look into behind the scenes because uh, Rodriguez is the director. His he did his own production and everything. He did his own music, his own production company, everything. And it was inspiring to hear how he wanted to put this together mm -hmm. to represent latinos in hollywood and even though you know it, his production company is not the biggest and he didn't do yeah. big things but it left a mark it left a mark that yeah. that made, made a mark uh the next one that i have for actual latino characters in sci-fi was a movie called sleep dealer sleep dealer was a small indie film i, s I think it came out in 2006 or 7 but it, it was interesting it was a mexican character uh, I don't want to spoil the movie. I think if mm -hmm. you guys haven't seen it, go check it out. Sleep Dealer. Um, it was the first time that I saw a real sci-fi with a complex concept mixed with a complex social concept because it actually deals with immigration. Mm -hmm. But it's handled in an interesting way that sci-fi can handle things. And that one I, I still think is a landmark for that. And I hope more movies like that come out. And then lastly... Because the, the list is short for actual Latino yeah. characters. But this is a good one. <laughs> this is a good one. So the, uh, recently we saw the, the show Altered Carbon. On Netflix. On Netflix, Altered Carbon. And on that show, I didn't expect it. And I, I'm glad that they didn't hit you over the head with it. But there's a, a cop. So usually we are cops or, or things like that, right? Aren't we always <laughs> police officers or medics or things? Yeah. So there's a cop on the car on the show. She's uh, her character's name is Kristen Ortega, mm -hmm. and the actress is Marta Igarda. Igareda. 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 Mm -hmm. Marta Igareda. And uh, the character's tough. She's a tough cop. She's and, she's. Oh, go ahead. And they they not only portrayed her as a cop, but they also because this is a sci-fi. It is it's in a future. Um, they kind of use whatever is going on in the society right now, culturally, in the Latino society, um, to take it to the future, to see how, with all this that is happening in the future, how it's going to relate and how the family is going to react to whatever is happening at that time, which is very interesting. Yeah, I, I also like, and, I, and you pointed it out to me, and I, I totally didn't catch it because it's, but I should have, is, is that they really get into the family. Yeah. 
they get into her relationship with her mother uh-huh. and how did you feel about that i mean that's yeah i mean i think that it was like i said it was really interesting and special for them to include the view of a latino family in a sci-fi show relating all these issues that i don't want to tell you about because you you gotta watch at least the first episode and you're gonna get it um but it was it's, it's really cool to see it because you usually don't see this you see asian or you see white people or african-american but you don't see latinos and our whole cultural background presented yeah that was that was good so altered altered carbon we're going to recommend that one yeah um so you guys if you have any latino characters i'm looking for latino characters in that's sci-fi. what we're looking for <laughs> not latino <laughs> actors latino characters mm-hmm. i'd be curious um hit me up hit us on instagram hashtag cortez nyc live stream and on Facebook, Cortez NYC Livestream. All right, guys. You wanted me to teach you, right? Bueno, ahora sí, hablar español. Vamos, vamos hablando español. Y las palabras de esta semana son... <laughs> the words for today are productividad, which means productivity. Pro- productividad, that's... A, that's co- so a lot of syllables there. Productividad. 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 That's for the advanced. You got to kind of be comfortable <laughs> with that. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, guys. And then you have productivo, which means productive. Productivo. Productivo. I like that. Productivo means productive. Siempre productivo. Siempre produciendo. Okay. Then we have organizado, which means organized. Organizado. Organizado. So you can say, uh, me gusta estar organizado. organizado. Okay. O siempre. Estoy. Estoy organizado. Uh huh. Yeah. What? Very important. Speaking Spanish. Look at me speaking Spanish. Oh my God. Then we have <laughs> balance, which means balance. 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 All right. And then we have. Ciencia ficción. This one I never heard. Go ahead, hit me again. Ciencia ficción. It's science fiction. Ciencia ficción. See, I, I think out of with all the sci-fi movies that I've seen, I don't think I've ever seen that. Yeah, I don't think I've. It's never crossed my path to have to say it in Spanish. No, because because we don't have it. We're not included in that genre. It's nothing for us. So, ciencia, ciencia ficción. All right, so let's, we got a little extra time here. Why don't we freestyle a couple of, uh, that wasn't, that weren't on my list, a couple of uh, words here. And let's see if you know them off the top of your head. In Spanish? You're going to say in English? I'll say it in English and oh, tell okay. me in Spanish. So, uh-huh. spaceship. How do you say spaceship? Uh, un, Ay, tú no sabes. Yo la sé. Espacial. Yo la sé. Y tú no sabes. Que nave Espac- nave espacial. Nave espacial. Cobete. Oh my god. A rocket. <laughs> a space rocket. Exactly. I said a rocket. So spa- this is horrible. This is the worst of knowing two languages. Spaceship is nave espacial. That's the way I've heard it nave said in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, uh, else? what about planet? Planeta. Okay. Uh, what about easy one? Mm-hmm. This is from our beginners out there. Uh-oh. The sun. El sol. El sol, the sun. El sol. What about if we're going into the stars? Mm-hmm. Wait, actually, no, let's do this one. How do you say Star Wars in Spanish? I, I've seen it. That is the La Batalla 
del is it not la batalla de las estrellas I don't think so I think they oh, es la batalla en el espacio es algo de la batalla stars es estrellas okay. estrellas and then wars uh, oh, wars sorry um, es guerra but it can also be batalla well guerra de la galaxia yeah, yeah so this is the funny thing about translations exactly in, in wait, 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 wait 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 okay okay we're running out of time but so star wars translated the way they translated star wars into spanish is guerra de las galaxias which is actually war of the galaxies exactly and then it's, it's star, star wars. wars but but okay so stars are estrellas estrellas, estrellas. galaxies galaxias galaxias okay and guerra Guerra wars. Is wars. Okay, and then Guardians of the Galaxy. It will be Los Guardianes de la Galaxia. Very good, Los Guardianes de la Galaxia. And I think they did that one. Yeah, they did. They did that one like that way. Yeah. Uh, let's see. How about aliens? How do you say aliens? Extraterrestres. What? <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Yeah. No, so that's extraterrestrials. So that's yeah. ET. Exactly. So aliens never really translated over. But ex no. ET did mm -hmm. extraterrestrials. Sí, extraterrestres. Oh, oh. I call bullshit in America for saying calling those things aliens and then calling immigrants aliens. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Yes. You don't know why they did it. Yeah, I know why they did it. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're actually extraterrestrials. They shouldn't be called aliens. That's why they don't want to. Um, all right, that's that. political. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, another subject. Um, let's see. What what's another? Science another fiction one. Word? Um, maybe robots. How do you say robots? Robots. Huh? Robots. Robots. Yeah. All right, just a different accent on it. Robots. Yeah, yeah. robots. I think robots, we're gonna. Robots. Yeah. All right, we're running out of time, so I think we'll leave it with that. Yeah. So that was it. That was it for episode three of Cortez NYC live stream podcast. So if you guys liked what you what you heard, like this episode, again, subscribe, follow, all those good things. Leave us comments. Yeah, hashtag CortezNYC livestream on Instagram and follow us on Facebook and share with us whatever you think about what we talk about today. And if you have any suggestions for the comments, uh, for other subjects, just let us know. Um, the next episode, episode four, is going to be titled Inspire. It's all about inspiration. Uh, we're going to talk about how do we find inspiration in daily activities? How do you keep yourself inspired? Yeah. And then we're also going to be talking and sharing with you our favorite Spanish language movies, which there's a lot, but we're going to make a, a short and sweet list for you. Yeah. And as always, at the end, we're going to be, be hablando español. speaking Spanish. All right. So next time.